From multiple familiar locations in Minneapolis or near enough, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Ellen Burns-Johnson, and I make nice games. I'm Steve McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Arthur Croy, I too make nice games. In this episode, we talk once again with Andy, Beth, and Gabe Korth to discuss families in games. And so, if everyone is ready, let's start. Welcome, y'all! It's been a while. <laughs> it's been about a hundred episodes. Has or have we had you in the in the interim? I don't remember. I don't remember. Because uh, we had Beth, we had you on to talk about writing narrative. Oh, yeah, yeah, narrative. Yeah, I feel like uh, we've been recurring characters on the podcast <laughs> more, more than just once. Yeah. So, listener, longtime listeners will know the courts. Uh, because they were on our very second episode of the program. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Over four years ago now. Yeah. Wow. Over four years ago. Yeah, you can tell it's really that. old, too, because it was about Steam Greenlight. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. We- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you had, um, you, had, you had just, or it had been a while, you, you, you'd taken um, Verdant Skies, the game that you created together, through uh, Steam Greenlight. We talked to you about that process. And then two years later, we had you back for episode 102. And I don't remember what we talked about then. That would have been after the launch of Verdant Skies, I think. I, th- yeah. I think that was the code comment. I think that was it. the code yep. comment, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for code comment was a video series we did where we had developers come on and poke into the guts of their software. And so we went through that. I remember this, uh, your texture atlas being extensive yeah <laughs> that very specifically <laughs> absolutely a lot of and we pictures. made a promise to you then we said we're going to have you back for 202 and we very nearly did it but instead this is 204 so oh so close close enough thereabouts <laughs> we'll have you we'll have you for 302 or 304 <laughs> or maybe 306 we'll, one of those <laughs> one of those whatever <laughs> um but also it's cool to have you back because uh you have little gabe with you uh, who was uh, in the studio when we recorded that 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 second episode and in 102. And Gabe is just a little older than the show itself. So it's kind of interesting. <laughs> and he's sort of, eventually we'll have him on and interview him about his latest release. Yeah, just keep it going. Hey, Gabe, do you want to say hi to everybody? He uh, is he's currently coming. on the switch. He's coming. Oh, here he comes. <laughs> oh, oh. All right, say hi to him. Say hello. Hi. Hey, hi, Gabe. Hey, Gabe. What are, are you playing? What are you? What's on the Switch? What are you playing on the Switch? Minecraft. Minecraft. Ah, Minecraft. Classic. <laughs> what are you making? What are you building? Just, just making, just making this snowman. Snowman. snowman? Okay. Oh, that's cool. Cool. Yeah, making them like, yeah, they're, yeah, they're gonna. Gonna kill the pillager. They're gonna fight with the pillagers, yeah. Oh well. <laughs> They're gonna go arrow <laughs> in the face. Yeah. Uh, okay. Solid strategy. All right. Cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. That's what he does. Is he spawns different uh, mobs to fight? Mm-hmm. It's like a gladiator uh, yeah. arena or something. I think he likes to do. I don't know exactly. But he likes it. <laughs> Listeners can hear Gabe's first appearance where there's uh, adorable cooing and then Gabe's second appearance where there's a lot of fart noises. <laughs> now, now Gabe has graduated to full sentences on the air. It's pretty tight. Yep. These are good clips for when he's a teenager. Oh, yeah. yeah he's going to oh, love yeah. that. <laughs> uh, that's great. Okay. Well, uh, dispensing with the history of your time on the program, what are you here to talk about today? Well, we're going to talk about uh, gaming as a family, uh, what works well for playing with Gabe, games that haven't worked well, uh, board games that have been yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we'll touch on like some kinds of educational content and you know what we think that means, what's right for our family playing mm-hmm. with Gabe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. Well, what games do you play as a family? Well, the big one is definitely Minecraft. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and I think that really ramped up when he hit four. Yep, okay. yep. Um, mostly because we had been trying to limit his like screen time games when he was younger. And so the reason that we kind of ramped up the Minecraft is 
like he turned four during the pandemic. So he didn't get a lot of social interaction with his friends and stuff. And as much as he loves hanging out with me and Andy, um, one of his other little friends who's like, I think he's a year older or pretty close to um, plays Minecraft also. So we started having them have like little play dates where he would log into discord and his friend's dad would log that kid into discord too. And so they would play on our server Minecraft together and like build things. There's like kids zone that Andy made for them to like hang out in. So they don't destroy all the things that people spent years <laughs> making, um, but they still have a lot of fun doing it. And I think that Gabe really like latched onto that. So we let him play it on the switch too, independently in creative mode. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's when it took over was when he didn't have a lot of other things to do with his buddies. And yeah, and I, I mean, I know that Minecraft is just super popular with the kids. I have, a couple of cousins who um, play Minecraft or Minecraft knockoffs and things and watch people stream Minecraft. And it's like a whole, it's a whole thing. It's a whole (laughs) culture. Yep. Yep. Hermitcraft. That is Gabe's favorite YouTube videos is he loves watching those guys talk about what you can make in Minecraft. And he will make, he made, what did he make? Like a TNT replicator or something? Like he will make things that they do in the videos that I'm like, I can't make that. He has That's made so cool. Yeah, legit redstone stuff. And and he watches the video and then, you know, he turns the video off and goes play Minecraft. So he's not even making it from reference. He's just kind of like, yeah, he made some piston doors. Yeah. Fairly reliably, he can make a piston door. Wow. Yeah. Uh, That's cool. It's one of the things I've heard from people is just is Minecraft's ability to um to like teach people how to learn. Mm-hmm. Right, because like as you, you build right. and create, like there you have this trial and error, and and all of that, um, the process of how the game is designed. That's why it's so suitable for kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's really it's really easy for a kid to hop into Minecraft and have fun without knowing a lot about Minecraft. But it also mm-hmm. presents a whole lot of systems mastery sort of things, just mm-hmm. because there are so many complicated rules in Minecraft that you mm-hmm. can benefit from when you actually learn about them. I mean, things like spawning, right? Well, Gabe was telling us uh, different mobs will die depending on how high they have to fall. The kill height. Yeah. Oh. So you have to, <laughs> if you push a skeleton into a pit, it has to be 28 blocks or whatever before the skeleton dies. But zombies will die at this height. Mm-hmm. And chickens have wings, so they fly, they flap their wings so they don't die from falling from high places. Oh. So he's counting out blocks and making holes in the ground. Of specific heights because that's something he learned about this huh. is Gabe's minecraft <laughs> yep and he also has been learning a lot more like so letters and stuff was really boring for him like when i try and get him to sit down and like do it with like school lessons but like mm-hmm. he will have to in creative mode type in the block or whatever he wants and so he'll be like mom how do you spell Item frame. Yeah, item frame. Whatever. <laughs> and it's like, uh, how do you think it's spelled? So it's like really actually something I can use to kind of cheat him yeah. into learning something about how words sound and how you spell them. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. Oh man, that's that totally reminds me like how programmers will say they'll read the documentation and they'll come away knowing nothing. But as soon as they need it on their project, mm-hmm. yeah. then you learn it like in an instant. Like, yeah. Yeah. You need a yep. meaningful challenge and yeah. uh, and a context. It's really cool to hear um, to hear you guys talk about like the way that he is required to interact with the system because in in him interacting with the system in that way, he's also building like this framework that he'll be able to expand later when he's asked to inter- in, you know engage with similar tools with mm-hmm. the real world, right? right? So like. 28 blocks for a zombie to die. I don't remember if that was it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Gabe would correct me. He yeah. could tell us, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's a, you just rephrase that and it becomes a math problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's why I don't feel too bad about letting him play. <laughs> <laughs> it is educational in a way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, th- people talk about, like, you know, as generations turn over, like what does screen time mean? Like when, right. when we were all kids, it meant, just meant television, right? Mm-hmm. And and how uh, like I'm sure you've had this like crisis of like how do you uh, adjust to this when there's no there isn't you know decades of research on what's good for kids and like even ten or even fifteen years ago there wasn't a game like Minecraft to right. 
that that represented what could be that what screen time was right mm-hmm. it was um and so it's just yeah you kind of have to navigate it yourselves right yeah and i think you know being in pandemic and like well you know this is his social activity this is the way yeah. you can communicate with others you really have to view it through the lens of you know what he's getting from uh different categories of screen time really mm-hmm. right. Right. right, right. We've digitized so much of what the world is that, like, yeah. there isn't that much different from playing outside and playing outside in Minecraft, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> right. yeah, before we had all his classes are now virtual. <laughs> I think he's laughing. Uh, before all of his classes became virtual and stuff, like, the amount of time he'd spend, like, on the iPad or on my laptop or everything was, like, way less. But so now I break it up kind of like his Minecraft time is separate from like his school time. Like I don't count his like school zoom calls as screen time at all because like that's school. Mm -hmm. Um, And then like, if he wants to watch some PBS kids videos or whatever, it's like, that's mildly educational television. Like that's, I used to watch a lot of TV when I was a kid. So I kind of break that up separate from his gaming time. And then like him gaming on the switch by himself versus him playing with his friend. Like I also go oh well you played a lot on the switch but like this is with your friend so like this is more of a social time than like gaming time and so it's really hard but like at the same time i'm also very like giving ourselves grace because this is really hard (laughs) we can't go to the park as much as we used to Mm -hmm. or take him out to like the the children's museum and stuff like that like he loved doing those things but like i'm not comfortable taking him to those places even when they are open so yeah Mm -hmm. really hard it it's interesting it's interesting though i do think that like Partly maybe because of the pandemic, so maybe more so in the last 12 months or so. How long has it been? Uh, Let's not answer. <laughs> not even a year, but yeah. <laughs> a year. Um, I think our... 100,000 years. <laughs> to an eternity of mm-hmm. pandemic purgatory. Um, I think like cultural understanding and beliefs around screen time have become more nuanced, right? Because mm-hmm. yes. I think there was a period of time where... Older generations maybe associated computers with productivity and then video games and TV with nothing, you know, just kind mm-hmm. of wasted time. Um, but now we're we're going beyond just like what it looks like externally for someone who's just watching a human body sit in front of a screen and actually thinking about what the mind is doing, with what, what the brain is doing, engaging with the activity that that's coming through on the screen. And there's just so much variety you know, as Mark was saying, like we've translated so many things that you can could at one point only do out in the physical world to meaningful and rich digital experiences. Like your your brain is doing all sorts of stuff depending on what you're doing online. So I think it totally makes sense what you're saying. And I I don't you know, I, I can't think of many people who would just reject that out out of hand, yeah. you know? Sure. Yeah, even the educators. They're like, Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um. So, have y'all like played Minecraft with Gabe? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's that experience like? I'm really curious. <sighs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are fun. varying levels of enjoyment for every family member, depending upon what we are doing when sure. we play with him. <laughs> um. If we are hanging out in the kids zone, I have a lot less fun because it's like a gladiator arena for Gabe. He likes to give me a, a shortcut home which is meaning he likes to kill me oh. uh, and then I go back to spawn <laughs> and yeah. then I have to go back to the kids zone um, but like if we're building something and I have to keep him from destroying what we're building it's not quite as bad it's still yeah game focused we have a set of command blocks that will lock the kids to uh, the certain radius around the kids zone mm. where they can do whatever they want and they'll build things that vaguely look like buildings and They'll name all the locations and they'll describe like, oh, yeah, I'm going to my bedroom. And they both know where that is, even though like it's hard to as an adult. But like, oh, that's OK. That's your bedroom. All right. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and between the two kids, they seem to have worked out a way for them to play together with fairly few arguments. Uh, hmm. Accidentally picking up each other's things, you know, they, they can usually work that out. Uh, with adults, Gabe's more in the mindset of, I'm allowed to hit you with my sword, but you're not allowed to hit me with your sword. Because we're grownups. Right. Yeah, which is uh, right. something grown-ups we haven't have rules. worked out yet. Uh, 
but uh, he will also turn off that and let him run around with us in the real world. And it's basically the same thing as letting your kid run around at the mall. Like, <laughs> yes, Don't touch that. you can run around and look at things, but you need to be ready to stop them from grabbing that glass ornament off of whatever and throwing it on the ground. Like, yeah. <laughs> so uh, one adult is on 100% duty of chasing around Gabe and being like, okay, yep, nope, go this way. All right, don't take anything out of that chest. But it's important too, because like when we're doing those kind of projects, one of the things that like is a big deal for Gabe is to be helpful. So Mm -hmm. like you give him a job and even if it's the job that's not really related, like, oh, Gabe, we need to go get red clay. Let's go get some red clay. We're not going to use the red clay for anything, but like Gabe and I can go get some red clay and like let Andy build something and when we get back it's like look what dad built oh that's so great like mm-hmm. give him tasks so he feels like he's helping yeah. even yeah. if the helping is just not breaking things <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean that is an important task if you grew up with my family <laughs> yeah <laughs> sure right because there's like multiple definitions of like of or multiple avenues to satisfaction in like an in a experience yes. like that mm-hmm. it's like Building something is satisfying. Destroying something is satisfying. Surviving through the night is satisfying. Yeah. And so, like, um, different people have different approaches. But then, as parents, you want to, you want Gabe to be to be find satisfaction in helping. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you you want to encourage those things. And it's the same thing. Like he'll he sets the table. He does napkins and silverware, Mm -hmm. and like Ah. that's his job. And you know, it's it's the same thing as like that but in a video game mm-hmm. yeah. he wants to say something oh, oh yeah buddy yeah Are you gonna oh. share? don't tell it to them is it a secret mm-hmm. okay just a second podcast know. secret <laughs> you want to just tool around in the kids zone oh <laughs> okay Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> fart, fart jokes fart. are funny, fart guys. Jokes are funny. You heard it here first. That's the game I remember. <laughs> <laughs> it just never gets old. It's a secret. I like to toot around in the kids' zone. <laughs> okay. We won't tell anyone, Gabe. Nope. Well, that's some uh, quality, uh, you know, comedy there too. Like yep. double meaning and everything. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, yucking above his grade level. Uh (laughs) (laughs) That's one thing. Our son is funny. Yeah. (laughs) To himself, at least, if not other people. Um, Okay, so talking about Minecraft and thinking of it, like, in in terms of, like, the decisions that they made for the design of it, it sounds like, I mean, as Mark was saying, like, there's a bunch of different goals that you can have. And, like, I imagine depending on what your, your family likes and what each individual family member enjoys like there's something for everybody in minecraft like you mm-hmm. y'all, y'all, were, y'all were saying gabe likes to uh destroy stuff <laughs> whereas um andy likes building things yeah. um so it kind of sounds like a, a good design decision to to like make a family oriented video game is to um add in those different goals those different like avenues for success or fun yeah Yeah. and i guess i personally have a preference towards sandbox games but i think they do work really well in that family setting for exactly Mm -hmm. that reason um especially any sandbox game with kind of a low barrier to entry Mm -hmm. uh because kids especially you know like the younger they are the better they are at setting their own goals and uh doing what they want to be fun want want to feel is fun uh without having you know adults you'll see like what am i supposed to do now in this game yeah what's my Mm -hmm. task and it's like Mm -hmm. just have fun kids are like yeah i wasn't gonna do what you told me anyway (laughs) (laughs) it's actually funny that you said that in that order steven where it's gabe likes to destroy things and andy likes to build things it just made me think of like when he was a kid with his black towers too like we would build them just for him to break up Oh, <laughs> and it's like learning the same skill set over digitally, kind of. I guess um, so. like you can great. still break the things we build. <laughs> Sounds like Gabe might have a future as an explosion czar. 
<laughs> there we go. It's quite possible. Let's bring him out as an executive consultant for the next widget satchel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ellen, you'll have to find something else to do. <laughs> I'll follow his design direction. I'm good with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, Stephen, even the way you phrased the question about like a like what a designer brings to a game that can work in a context like this. Yeah. Like, I mean, famously, Minecraft wasn't designed to be a kid friendly game. Right. It, it, it sort of it found that and ran with it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think like I don't know that there are like this idea of like building a game, which is the equivalent of taking your kid to the park. Yeah. And I just wonder, like, what 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 the possibilities are for a designer who starts from that? And I don't know that there are any examples necessarily where like something you can play mm -hmm. with your kids, but isn't something where but where you can also enjoy yourself and mm -hmm. actually build something, you know, should do something. Um, and if it isn't purely a sandbox experience, what is even possible? Well, there is Fortnite. It is an extremely popular game that a bunch of kids play. Right. Um, also, also unexpectedly. Yeah, yeah. That, that wasn't built for that either. But like that, I mean, mm -hmm. that has a lot of similarities to Minecraft, or at least it mm -hmm. did. I think like the original plan was that like you'd have a, a building section and a uh, zombies are coming section like, like Minecraft does, but like yeah. it switched to the battle royale format and that's like the main mode of mm -hmm. gameplay now. Um, right, right, right. And, but like it still has that building aspect in it. So... It's a little sandboxy too. You kind of just run around in the playground and just make sure you don't lose to others. So it kind of works in a similar manner. I don't know. Yeah, and I, do, I actually now I wonder how much of the, the the building aspect of Fortnite was inspired by how popular Minecraft was with everybody at the time they were making Fortnite. Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't know. I I do know that like kids, from what I have heard from a lot of people, kids tend to be way better at the building aspects of it than adults are. <laughs> which oh, yeah? Is, which is weird. Um, maybe not that weird. But, like, yeah, like, they're really good at, like, d defensively building themselves a fortress so they don't get shot at by enemies. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. Um, they're probably less precious about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that might be part of it, actually. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter how it yeah. looks. It's functional. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> and or they've spent the last few years training themselves in Minecraft. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I've told this on the show before, but one of my nephews is really into Fortnite and um, he's eight ish at this point. And um, that still feels really young to be playing a shooter for me. But yep. like, yeah, um, but one of the things that's interesting to see him do and that, that my sister will talk about is like how he he's like learning leadership skills. Like <laughs> he has like a plays with his friends and, they ha and they're on it, you know, and they um, either a temporary alliance or the, there are team modes in that game, I believe. Mm. But like the way the way he will like you know, help others and, and, and sort of be the marshal of the group. It's like, that's okay. That's, I see some actual value in there as a, I mean, maybe that's just so my sister doesn't feel so bad about letting him play Fortnite, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, all this is, all this is unintended, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's sort of the, that's the, the heart of the question that I was asking is like, you know, what, how do you, has this ever been done on purpose? You know? Yeah. I mean, Roblox is 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 maybe the best example. I'm not very familiar. I just know that it was definitely designed for kids. That's true. Yeah, and I think Roblox is kind of like an MMO version of Minecraft, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. I don't know a lot about my, or Roblox either, but I mean, yeah. they did just have that uh, Little Nas X concert <laughs> in it, so like it's pretty popular. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of kids who still play Roblox, and I think anytime anytime you give a game you know, enough variety where players can express themselves yeah. in a lot of different ways. You're creating opportunities for uh, people to kind of play how they want in them. And yeah. I think that's what's going on in a large part with Roblox. And I don't know, you kind of see it in games like <clears throat> Seven Days to Die, where it's like you can build, you can turn off zombies and play the game with no zombies if you want. Then you're just huh. like making sure you got enough food and water as mm -hmm. time passes. Um, you know, stuff like that. It's not appropriate for Gabe's age right now. Sure. Definitely, it's a super scary game. <laughs> yeah, but those kind of mechanics. And I mean, for me, uh, as a child, I remember the game Spelunks, which came out in like 1991, and it was mm -hmm. essentially uh, it was built on HyperCard and <laughs> some of yeah. its successors. <laughs> and it's totally a sandbox game where you go into these caves and you find these rooms full of interesting mini games, but 
the mini games are all they're they're you know you're not mostly not competing for scores they're like exploring things like you can create lightning you know 500 meters away or a thousand meters away and you'll see the flash and you wait for the sound to come back uh so like in like in something like that there's a pretty clear singular lesson that they're mm-hmm. kind of letting you explore and figure out but then some of the mini games are a lot broader you know gabe was playing yesterday and it's like you're putting down food for ants and there's a lizard that'll eat the ants and you can put on uh, put uh rocks around to block the path of the ants hmm. so you're just kind of playing with that and that kind of game is like a systems mastery you're figuring like where do the ants what do the ants do how do they move what blocks the ants when does the lizard eat the ants so you're kind of learning about those sorts of things um so it it the impression I'm getting then, like you said, Andy, is like self-expression is very important in these kinds of games. And I'm I'm reminded of when I was younger, I used to play um like roller coaster tycoon and SimCity and stuff. Sure, yeah. And I don't remember like what I did in those cities. I might have just like caused a bunch of disasters because I don't know, I like <laughs> blowing things up. But isn't that the point? <laughs> Maybe. <In> part, yeah. <laughs> um, but like that, I mean that is a like those kinds of games allow you to express creativity um through the game itself as well um and i don't think those were built for kids particularly either but i mean like i don't i i'm sure they weren't like shying away from that audience so um i I think that's an aspect of it that like could be successful yeah 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 i'm looking forward to gabe getting more into i mean we played a little city skyline together when he was really young which is mostly (laughs) uh which which to be fair, Gabe was mostly enthused about the uh, ability for you to dump your sewage into various different lakes. That was <laughs> okay. his favorite part of the game. He called it Poop City, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Your <laughs> part of the game is Poop City. Uh, but uh, once he gets older where he can... You know, those games have a little more... There tends to be a little more complexity in the controls and a little more yeah. understanding. You, like, right, you probably right. need pretty decent reading skills. So it'll be another year or two before he gets into that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm sure he'll really enjoy those types of games. Yeah. You know, I think about when I was a child, like, and what was available to me and like, I don't think of the first time I played SimCity. Uh, certainly I, I was, I was younger than 10, I think, but not that much younger. So it's still relative. Look, that's uh, much younger than that. I think it, there wasn't really much of anything in our day. Yeah, but I think about like what I what I did a lot when I when I was just starting to get into stuff like that, and I was definitely a person who when I played with action figures, I like to set up scenes. Like I was rather than like play with them, like 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 actually in action, I would I would like it's like I was a film director, but I didn't ever call the action right. You know, I would mm-hmm. like to set it up, and then later when I got older, I I, I would do like stop motion on a, a camcorder or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like those are the things I wanted in games when I was young. And uh, something like uh, SimCity, the first time I do remember the first times I was playing, like it was difficult to figure it out. Yeah, and that frustrated me a lot. Like that, mm-hmm. you know, I just want to, I just want to do this, and the, and the game didn't give me enough of a context to be able to understand why or why th- why that was or wasn't possible. Um, and I think that like that's something that that games that you know Minecraft in particular. And I haven't played Minecraft in a long, long time, mm-hmm. but I'm uh, so I should take another look at it and actually see because my memory of it is like it actually uh, I, I, I'm, I'm surprised, I guess, at how well it, it, kids have taken to it um, because it doesn't seem all that much less complicated uh, than yeah. something like SimCity. Yeah, it's like in Minecraft, a lot of it is really opaque. Um, and that's probably yeah. why kids enjoy watching videos about Minecraft so they can learn how to play it. Okay, they want to play. So, like, that's it's strange because Minecraft isn't just a game; it's a whole ecosystem, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's not the case for a lot of smaller games, especially. Right, um, right, right, I, right. It's I, I guess like even without any of that mastery, you can interact with Minecraft at some level. Whereas SimCity, if you're kind of randomly placing roads and zones and stuff like that, it's just not gonna work. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Like need more industry. Like okay, right. how? Like yeah. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. It's like to have an experience that is um, like it ne- like that doesn't demand you you get better at it. Yeah, and like lets you take it at your own pace. That might be the secret to it. And and you can kind of see like I, I'd say like 
SimCity 5, or the, which was mostly unpopular, yeah. probably mm-hmm. took steps in that direction of, uh, mm. you know, being a lot simpler and probably just working if you're a kid, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I think the whole metaphor, I mean, SimCity, it's right there in the name. The assumption is you're making a city, and that mm-hmm. comes with a, a few different expectations right you're gonna have buildings and roads and infrastructure and poop tunnels and whatever else (laughs) yep Mm -hmm. um minecraft doesn't really have that and i also wonder if the first person nature of minecraft is another means another another factor in making it more immediately fun for kids um Sure, sure if you're missing the if you're missing like the mental schema of what a city is and what it like takes to make it, SimCity can't be fun. If you like swinging things and and hitting blocks, Minecraft is fun. Yeah, right, right. And then you're in a world where that you're comfortable, and then it almost not. Uh, this is an exaggeration, but it like almost doesn't matter the complexity ahead of you because you're comfortable in the setting, mm-hmm. and then you're willing to you're willing to go on board with it. Um, exactly. Yeah, it's fun already, and then you can experiment and learn and have more different types of fun. And that that really, if if that is true, um, that um, the 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 secret is to is something that uh, kids and and families can enjoy from jump, and then can be sustainable as it gets more complicated. Mm-hmm. But if it's true that what what is ahead of them is less important than that initial spark then that puts a lot of responsibility on the designer because they're basically, they have, once you've got that spark and that they've been sort of captured, then you can give them whatever you want. Yeah. And so it's important to give them something that, and, and this is a, even apart from like the developmental responsibilities of you know, child development is just about like, um, you know, um, uh, uh, not, not giving them something that teaches the wrong lesson or encourages um, sort of uh, um, antisocial behavior or anything like that, um, uh, you know, and that's it's a different responsibility than say like uh, someone making a children's TV show necessarily has. Mm-hmm. I think because because it, you're so it's it, like once you're in it, it probably takes a lot to take you from it. You know, that it, it is a lot of responsibility for like a designer mm-hmm. to to manage because like it's you, you can't really predict. I mean, it's difficult enough predicting how players are going to approach games. It's even yeah. <laughs> even more so if your player is four years old. So <laughs> right, 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 right. So like that makes the challenge even harder. And and I think you're right. Like, um, I think it's even more important to pay attention to like the different kinds of lessons and messages that you would be uh, sending players um, at that point because like it could teach someone the wrong message um, if you right, don't do right. it correctly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Fortnite's one where I think that's kind of difficult because I think mm-hmm. unlike Minecraft, where like Microsoft and Mojang have really leaned into it being a kids and family game. Yeah. I think Epic is still kind of holding onto the fiction that Fortnite is not a kids game. Um, and so I think I don't know that they're taking that as seriously. And then and you have, you know, like microtransactions and the 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 um, the focus on like uh, on the on the um, um, the cosmetics and that having a social impact on kids in the real world and yeah. stuff like that, yeah. uh, which is not something that they're designing for or against, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's an obligation as like a parent though in that situation. If mm-hmm. Epic didn't design the game to be a kids game and you're letting your kids play it, then you're responsible for telling them that cosmetics aren't important and that it's not okay yeah. to shoot people and yeah. that kind of stuff and that like microtransactions are just a thing that like no you can't spend money on this game or whatever like it's your responsibility as a parent like at the end of the day people can design whatever they want in games and as a game designer i feel like i can say that like i can make a game and not intend kids to play it and if someone lets their kid play it that's not my responsibility to make sure that everything in that game is okay because like Mm -hmm. writing for verdant skies was the same thing Mm -hmm. kids love that game but there are some adult themes in it, and I didn't mm-hmm. take them out because I saw that at cons, most of the people playing it were kids because yeah. it's not designed for that. It's designed for that, like, you, yeah, you can let your kid play with it or whatever, but, like, at the end of the day, I made the game I wanted to, and yeah. it's yeah. a parent's responsibility to make sure that it's okay for their kid to play that. Mm-hmm. Right, right, Very right. true, yeah. 
Yeah, I know yeah. that like a bunch of my friends like played, I don't know, Silent Hill and stuff when they were 10. So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they grew up just fine. <laughs> I think. <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I I completely agree with you, Beth. Um I, I, I think if you are and yeah, I guess Fortnite is different because like it's not explicitly for kids. I don't think that they're leaning away from kids or anything like that. But and yeah. it, it's not really built strictly for kids. Whereas like Minecraft is much more leaned towards um, a, a yeah. child demographic. Yeah, right. So, it's a kids' game. I, parents can have fun in, but mm-hmm. yeah. at the end of the day, it's still a kids' game. It's a simple sandboxy thing that kids yeah. can play. Yeah, I would say the one thing that that separates a game like Fortnite from most games, and the way Beth describes being like the the game designer shouldn't be hamstrung necessarily by what their audience is. Mm-hmm. Uh, that 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 doesn't seem artistically fair. Yeah, but as an ongoing experience, something that needs money to pay the server bills, like Fortnite knows that its audience is there and spending money. I think it's a, it might be a little different. And like in the sense that if it's that it, it's not, it's sort of letting that happen, if that makes sense. But I, there's a, I don't know. That's a, I'm not certain how strongly I feel about that. Sure. Um, because if that's what they want to make, I mean, that's, you know, it, I don't know. There are a lot of companies that prey on children, and yeah. I don't know, like if we should hold game designers at a higher standard than other toy companies, <laughs> like, yeah, 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 or yeah. food companies for that matter. Like, I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I am torn on it too, but I ethically responsible for their audience. I don't know, like if I would hold Epic to that. Sure. Right, right, and I, I guess as as someone who doesn't have a child, I always think of like what I don't think about. I don't think about the parents' responsibility. Because that's not that's not a position I'm ever in. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't I kind of um, I'm less likely to 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 weight that heavily in the equation. Well, there are games that we let Gabe watch Andy play, and there are games that we don't let him watch us play. So like right. Gabe will watch what's that one with the like building defense, like a tower defense game that you guys play? I don't remember. I don't know. It's not like there <laughs> like tower defense. It's not super violent, right? But then, yeah. like, we don't let him watch me play Overwatch or Andy play Call of Duty. Like, that's mm-hmm. not something that we're comfortable with. But, like, there are parents who do. And, yeah. I mean, it's not Blizzard's responsibility to decide, oh, there's a lot of kids playing Call of Duty. We should make it nicer or whatever. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, right, right, they're right. a company and they're making money. And, like, at the end of the day, I think the responsibility does fall on the parents to decide what they're okay with their kids seeing and what they're not. And you can kind of figure out how your kid responds to it. Mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. individual kids are different. Like. Yeah. Uh, Gabe gets pretty wound up yep. from <laughs> that kind of <laughs> more than you'd think. It's it's I I don't think it's like a long term effect on like you know he's going to be intrinsically more violent because he saw some active violence in a video game, mm-hmm. but it's just like you know give him a bunch of sugar before bed. Sure, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't need you throwing stuff at me and yelling like right, yeah. laser yeah, beam, yeah. laser laser beam, laser beam, beam. Just, like throwing, <laughs> throwing heavy toys at me. It's like okay, just yeah, 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 nope. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like there's, I mean, there's always been the argument about like uh, violent media, and I think right. that, that there is definitely a difference between depicted violence and then the the effect that. Um, like adult themes or, or 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 violent imagery has on kids, mm-hmm. it isn't about mimicry, right? Like you say, right. it's like exactly. a sugar rush, and that's that's not you're not worried about Gabe, you know, um, uh, going to do violence, but like it has it 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 presents a tone, and that it has different and more nuanced effects. That I I think that um, as an industry, we're very much like, nope, we had that argument in the '90s, violent video games don't cause violence, and like and there's been yeah. studies and everything, but I think that 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 we then tend to uh, be less, we, we were more critical of any argument um, that leans in that direction, mm-hmm. I think. Right. And like a lot of those studies are like, uh, you know, have a kid watch a violent video and then give them, you know, a Nerf gun. And, and the study is, do they shoot, shoot the Nerf gun at the stuffed animal? Yes or no? And yeah. they use that as a predictor if they're going to be a school shooter in 10 <laughs> years. And uh, those two things do not line up that way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, and then there's also studies that show like that games can improve empathy and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah, we're still learning. Yeah. 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 Definitely, definitely. A game I would recommend is Robotron because all you do is save people. <laughs> <laughs> and it's very and it's very hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Into the Breach. That was Gibbs' oh, okay. favorite game for some reason. Yeah. Into oh, the Into the Breach. The yeah. breach. Okay. He would he would force me to play it. It's like <laughs> it's like yeah, I'll play that with you. And then it was like really again. It's like okay, and then it's like all right, Gabe, let's do something else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's funny. But I think he gets like hooked on certain games because there was a while like we played that Yoshi's Crafted World for like yeah. days and then like Kirby, was it Star Allies? Yeah, Star Allies. Ah, yeah. Like, we would play those forever. Like he picks a game that he likes and then like makes you help him play it if he can't yeah. play it himself. Yeah, so mm-hmm. some of that's kind of hit or miss. That might yeah. Some of those are games that didn't work as a family, maybe. I mean, they worked kind of as a family. Like the Crafted World is two player, so we couldn't play as a whole family. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But like, there would be levels that were too hard for him anyways. Doesn't that game also have a uh, super, like a, a super assist mode where all the, there's no, all the pits get covered. Uh, um, you kind of can't know. die and yeah. stuff. Yeah. But of course, then you're catering to the, the player who needs that. And if you're playing, if you're playing co-op, then, then you're ha- ha- having yes. less of an enjoyable experience. It right? gets a little more boring if you play. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, Curb, there's a lot of things Gabe loved about the Kirby game, but mm-hmm. uh, it was one of the games that he wanted a sandbox, and it's much more a guided, specific experience. Right. So what Gabe wanted to just switch around between different people and play the person he wants and mm-hmm. kind of run back and forth and do stuff like that. So he didn't want to be Kirby often. So he would log in a second controller, and he'd play the second player so he could be someone other than Kirby. Uh... Kirby would just sit there. And so right. he would be like, so he Mom, would play Kirby. Mom, play Kirby so we can move. Mom, play Kirby. <laughs> or he'd like slide Kirby over and then he'd switch and he'd play this guy on the screen yeah. for a little bit and then he'd slide Kirby over on the other controller. So it's like switching controllers. Yeah. It's like hmm. he, he wanted that sandbox experience and it's yeah, it's yeah. a platformer. You go through the level. <laughs> and then the whole get, the game, the other games that are just like, okay, I'm going to watch you play. It's like, I don't want to play this game, game. <laughs> Yeah, it's a very different, like, I mean, uh, both of you as game designers and gamers, like, that's a very different experience than most kids his age have. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also, yeah. to like, being so amenable to gaming in your own lives to be told by your kid to play games and you don't want to. Like, that's, <laughs> like, that's not a very common experience on either end, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Steven. Hey, Dale. What's up? I wanted to tell you to follow me on Twitter. And by me, I mean Nice Games Club at Nice Games Club. Okay. At Nice Games Club. Okay. But why should I do that? I post all sorts of interesting stuff, like jokes. And did you know your brother is nominated for an Accessibility and Games Award? He, wait, he is? Really? <laughs> yes. And if you follow me now at Nice Games Club... You'll know if he won or not. Okay, shoot. I, I better do that right now so I can yeah. learn about this. It's what's, what's the Twitter account again? At Nice Games Club. It's sure to come at up nice at Christmas with your family. <laughs> Probably. You know, we talk about a lot of things, arguing and stuff, and in between arguments, you bring it up. <laughs> yes, I will. I am following at Nice Games Club right now. Excellent. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Um, 
that actually one of I think one of the questions on our list of things we wanted to talk about was what kind of conversations happen um, between you three as a family from playing these games. I mean, and just as you know, Mark brought up like you're game designers, so I imagine the conversations you're having with Gabe are a lot you know a lot richer than the conversations that um, non developers are having around the games that they are playing with or you know that with their kids or that they're seeing their kids play. So I'm curious kind of what comes up and what what interesting insights have you heard um, from Gabe as part of those conversations? Yeah. Well, we talk about consent a lot. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. So that was one of the really funny discussions I had with Gabe, too. So in Minecraft, when he plays with his little friend, um, so we described PvP for him because he um, they fight or whatever. And I said, you can't PvP without his consent. Or whatever and so he was like what's pvp and then he wrote down p b p when he was like doing some art later and i was like what do these letters mean and he's like pvp you know like when i attack rowan and i was like oh, oh no it's v player versus player like you're fighting each other and he's like oh okay so like explaining game mechanics is kind of fun mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> yeah and i mean we like i don't know gabe was really upset when two of our other friend adult friends were playing minecraft and defeating each other and it's like oh no are they not friends are they like no they they're they they consented to this they were having a contest they were playing together uh and this is how they chose to play the game even if you don't want to play the game that way they both decided that Mm -hmm. Hmm. so there's a, a lot of that stuff comes up repeatedly repeatedly yeah like you can't decide oh, to PvP and then say you don't want to PvP once you've killed somebody. Like once you defeat them, like they get a chance to defeat you back. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. very funny. Yeah. Like you can't change the rules mid game. And that comes up with board games too. Like we were playing was it <laughs> yeah. Don't Spill the Beans? And like you're not supposed to have beans, but halfway through Gabe's like, no, the person who has all the beans wins. Oops, <laughs> I win. <laughs> like, I, yeah. <laughs> In both, in both, don't break the ice and don't spill the beans. The fun part is breaking the ice and spill, spilling the beans. Mm-hmm. So, so we try to set out. All right, Gabe. In this round, are we trying to get the most beans? Are we trying to break the ice, or are we trying to do it the other way? And try to like kind of decide. Just, just. So the point of a lot of the kids' game is: Are you able to follow rules? Yep. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think a lot of it for me is like when we're doing that, I'm trying to teach him like the social contract of gaming. Yeah. Um. Like I, I said, like the rule is this, but if we all agree that the person who gets the most beans wins, then we can make that be our rule, and that's okay. We can play the game like that. But maybe next time when you play with someone else, they're going to want to play by the rules that are on the box that say, like, don't get any beans or whatever. And, like, trying to teach him that so that, like, if he ever is sitting at a D&D table with his friends or whatever, like, he doesn't break that social contract without, like, thinking about, like, oh, like, we agreed that this is how this is supposed to work. And, like, these are the expectations of this session or whatever kind of thing. So, yeah, I think he'll be an okay gamer. Right now he changes the rules. (laughs) Someday. (laughs) Well, it's that uh, it's that empathy that Ellen mentioned, yep. like the um, understanding what other people want. And, you know, I mean, as a kid, you can only you can only service other people's desires so much before you get frustrated and you just want to have your own fun. But but being aware of them is a foundational skill. Mm-hmm. And it seems like you're doing everything possible to make sure that that's always part of what's going on in the air around him. Yeah, we definitely let Gabe set the rules most of the time, but we make it a point that we agree with them. Like, mm-hmm. if yeah. that is how you want to play it, we agree that we'll play that way. And then sometimes if you say, no, we don't want to play that way, like, that's when it gets like, you know, kids. <laughs> uh, and we don't let him win all the time either, which is like a thing. Mm-hmm. Man, my I remember my dad not letting me win when I was a kid, but like, he never let me win. <laughs> like, <laughs> we do make sure that sometimes he can like win and know what that mm-hmm. feels like but i remember there was a thing for school i don't remember exactly what it came up but like they were racing or something and so i taught him to say congratulations on your win and good game or whatever depending on like if he wins or loses i said it's important to be a gracious winner also yeah. and so like mm-hmm. he'll try and say good game but he'll be like i beat you <laughs> like he still has to throw it in there you know like, good game i won <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's pretty advanced stuff. I mean, you think about like one way of thinking about a mechanic 
or rule is just an expression of a goal or desire, right? Mm -hmm. And being able to engage with that language in all types of different contexts, through all types of different games, some with other people, some without other people, you know, and being able to play around with those and express them in different ways. That's like, that's good stuff. That's good, good human stuff. Requires (laughs) a lot of practice. Yeah. You know, and Gabe sounds like he's doing great. There are like some adults that can do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, I remember when I was a kid, like me and my um, my brother and my dad would play like random Mario Party mini games and stuff. And I, I'm probably misremembering this, but I remember my dad not being very good. So <laughs> I think he never <laughs> let us win, even if he wanted to. <laughs> um, <laughs> And like I and even at that age, like I was pretty competitive. So like I would look up we had like a strategy guide, I think, for that game. So I would look up like the strategy on like how to do this mini game the best or whatever. And then I knew that strategy and my dad probably didn't because he had a full time job and was yeah. a parent. <laughs> and so didn't want to spend all this time trying to beat his child in a mini game. <laughs> Understandably. <laughs> um, but like I, I just remember that because like I yeah, like um uh, I guess, like, I learned because I, I think, like, I wanted to beat my brother and I wanted to beat my my dad. I, like, learned to, you know, look into and understand how to play this game well and be good at it. So I, like, learned how to acquire skills, I guess, for things that I wanted, mm-hmm. which I think is important. Sure. And I, I, it sounds like that's, like, similarly um, to how, like, Gabe is approaching it. Although, I guess, like, He's also approaching it in a way where, like, he could change the rules that he wins. It's still, it's, I mean, it's still an aspect of it, I guess, right? Like, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, we're kind of getting to that age where, like, rules can be, rules are sometimes fluid. You know, you, there are things you're not allowed to do in school that you can do at home. Yeah. And there are, you know, like, yes, sometimes Green says a bad word on his Minecraft videos. And you can do that in his house, but you're not allowed to say that word. So I've been building on that, though, for like a long time with the ECFU classes like they one of the skills that they gave me that I'm forever thankful for is that's okay. That's a rule in their house. But in our house, we dot dot dot. Mm -hmm. So it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, so if you go to someone else's house, you should still follow our house rules. But that doesn't mean that they have to. So you don't have to stop them and correct them at their house. But like if someone comes to our house, I'm going to expect them to follow our house rules, too. So, like, there will be things that they can't do that maybe they do at home. And, like, if they can't follow our house rules, I might have to send them home. Like, stuff like that where Mm -hmm. it's, like, there are different rules that apply in different situations to different people. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he's getting that, which hopefully works out. Yeah. Life lesson. (laughs) ECFE, that's Uh, early childhood family education. Yeah. Yeah. Different... Different rules and different contexts mm-hmm. and different consequences if you break them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gosh, life is so complicated. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's tough for adults, probably, let alone yeah. a four-year-old. So, well, kids always have a difficult time understanding fairness. Mm-hmm. Um, because, and, and then when it's drawn for them, then seeing something that that doesn't read with that model can can shake them, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like because like. Kids don't like why. That's why they ask why all the time. Like why? Because like things in being arbitrary can frustrate them. And they're always searching for for understanding, right? Because they are like, you know. And so that teaching that context is an enormous challenge yeah. because that they have to fight um, kind of their own uh, what the, what they see in the world. Mm-hmm. They have to and think of things in more of an abstract, larger sense, um, yeah. which which requires an emotional intelligence. Sense making is multifaceted and difficult, mm-hmm. um, which is why it takes us with our large brains such a long <laughs> time to reach, you know, a quote unquote adulthood. Um, yeah. Complicated ways of thinking about a complicated world. And it's interesting what you were saying, Mark, like this is getting a little more philosophical and not necessarily about game development. But maybe by the end of my rambling, we can tie it back. Um, <laughs> like, Kids do expect everything to make sense. And I feel like mm-hmm. one of kind of one of the mental milestones of adulthood is like, you're like, yeah, maybe it does, but I can't get all the way there. I'm just doing the best I can. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, everyone yeah. Well, else. There's, there's a facet to it too. It might make sense, 
But if it's not fair, you have to accept that too. Because like as an adult, I understand why a lot more people have more money or more things or more whatever abilities, more like rules that don't apply to them. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but I deal with it. Like as a kid, right. it's a lot harder to deal with stuff when you know it's not fair. It's like, well, right. that's not fair. And like as a kid, you have that expectation that life is fair still, I mm-hmm. guess. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, right. <laughs> and as a kid, I mean, if you grow up in a loving home like Gabe does, also, things are weighted in your favor. And so, <laughs> yeah, that's true. so that that uh-huh. feels fair. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. yeah, that's like one, the one lesson that I remember strongly from growing up is my dad would drill in our heads that life is not fair, um, which I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing to like drill into your <laughs> child's head. But like, uh, I think it, mm-hmm. you know, it. That it's part of that um, emotional intelligence um, thing. Like you learn, then you understand that like some people just have more things than others. Yeah, that's how it is. Well, um, uh, to fulfill Ellen's promise to bring it back to game design. Yes. Like what? One of those things about like designing games that are suitable for kids is is to think about how it impacts them on in that dimension, right? And like, is that something that's worth? really digging into as a designer or is it something that maybe it's because so many games do that as a consequence of telling rich stories or providing interesting tools or 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 mechanics and and are and maybe the more prescriptive they can be the maybe the less effective they can be um i don't know what do you all think about like how to how to make that work as a designer Boy, that's yeah, that's an interesting question. I th- I think a lot of that stuff kind of does tend to come up naturally. I have never thought to do something like that in one of my own games, other than like, I mean, as you, other than touching on it through the story of the game, you know, yeah. the the characters in the game could have discussed something like that or struggled with something like that. I think it could come up there. Um, terms of like mechanical you know gameplay mechanics things that would touch on that yeah i don't know that's really interesting yeah yeah i can i can see myself in particular just spinning in circles um trying to do something like that when it might be more effective to um to not think about it as much (laughs) (laughs) sometimes that's the best way (laughs) even if it's not the way you want to do it (sighs) because it is so hard to engineer stuff like that you kind of just have to um, like give yourself a good environment and and set up um, your own tools and workflow to like uh, I don't know to have that in mind as you work and not necessarily try to check a box. I think that's Ellen. You could probably speak to how that works in like in, uh, learning uh, uh, instructional design. Um, like you can't you kind of can't like just tell people this is the lesson, right? It's not as effective at actually teaching something. I think I think you can often explicitly talk about why if if the you know your learner your person your user has knowingly opted into a learning experience you know right. <laughs> like um it's again about expectations and consent like I think if they're trying if they've opted into a game and they expect it to be entertaining and fun um and they happen to learn some useful things along the way great you might not be able to get away with like an explicit like voice of an explicit instructional voice in that kind of experience though, because it's not Mm -hmm. necessarily what people signed up for. It's not fair maybe to use the language (laughs) that an almost five-year-old would say. Um, But I was just thinking about that. Um, I think it really depends on what, what you're, what you're quote unquote trying to teach. And um, what you want the outcome of that teaching or learning to be for the person who's doing it, doing the learning. Um, But I definitely think that, you know, interactive, I mean, this is not, this should not be a surprise to anyone. I think interactive learning experiences are more effective and have longer term impact on a person's learning and knowledge and so on and so forth than like a passive one. So, yeah. you, you know, there's lots of aphorisms out there. Like you have to tell someone seven times before they remember it. Well, I guess, I don't know. It's probably not seven. It's probably not an even number. 
But yeah, if you're only telling somebody something, you're not helping them learn the thing that's important in context. You're not having, helping them experience it. And so yeah, I think if it's if you have an interactive experience, even if it's not explicitly a learning one, and this is this is why I asked that question about conversation, right? Even if you have a, a, a game that wasn't intended to be a learning experience, like explicitly, and somebody plays it and they have all these thoughts and experiences and ideas that, ge- that were generated through their experience of that game. That's like a rich, that's rich material for conversation. And you can draw a lot of like important thinking and learning out of that uh, in conversations around that, that game. I don't, I don't know. There are some games that I think are, that are used that way, but I don't see a lot of games in like the entertainment space that are specifically designed to like be talked about later. Yeah. So I don't know. Something to think about. That was also rambly. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> it's true, though. The You can tell someone something however many times or whatever. I remember that's one of the things, too. They mentioned, like, actual for a kid to learn something and, like, have it stick. It has to be, like, in the correct context. And it's, like, a thousand times or something. <laughs> like, it's a huge number. Like, yeah. it's not something that you can just be like, I I mean, I told him five times we've done it like repeatedly. Like it's a huge number that Mm -hmm. like you have to be consistently repeating in the correct context, the exact thing that you want them to know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Got to practice with stuff. Lots of practice. And that's not just something parents tell each other so that they don't feel so bad. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's true. Psychology based. (laughs) (laughs) Because I could see myself using that as excuse all the time. Is there anything um, that we um, haven't talked about yet, y'all, that you wanted to talk about? Uh, I don't know. We're really upset at Microsoft's uh, on the Switch account. We bought Gabe some coins so he could buy a mod for the Switch. And mm-hmm. the coins all disappeared because we didn't have it tied to a Microsoft account. It was only oh. tied to his Nintendo account. Yep. And I don't even understand what happened. I don't either. But boy, am I upset. For as much as we complimented them, we wanted to get that one complaint in. Because it was like we spent like $20 to get him some mods that he wanted to play. And it was Mm -hmm. tied to his Nintendo account. But apparently you need a Microsoft account for them to remember the stuff that you buy. So Uh, that's one of those like game design as a family friendly thing. As an adult, I don't understand how that didn't work out. As a kid, how is he supposed to know why he can't play the game he bought? Like, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, even as a game developer navigating the shop navigating shops and gem stores and microtransactions and multiple multiple login accounts per game i mean it's mm-hmm. it's common for us well like you log into your steam account launch a game then log into another account to play it right yeah right and it's uh it's 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 overwhelming for me to like manage that for gabe's stuff yeah and I mean, you are active parents in Gabe's gaming life, right. so it, like you're best suited to make that make sense. Like mm-hmm. you have all all the things going for you, and it still is ridiculous. Right? Yes. Yep. So right. So it's yeah. It's not. I mean, that's a like. There's a real. There's a real lesson in that. It's not just about like the game design. It's about the like the the UX and the sort of the environment and all of the logistics. Yeah. Uh, of you know, and like targeting which platforms and and um, cross platform compatibility and. And you know, cloud saves and all that stuff. Oh yeah, like that it's an increasing part about making an experience that works for families. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely can be more accessible. The less I have mm-hmm. to log in and remember, there's additional logins and go. I thought we already logged into that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, for listeners who are interested in learning more about your game development work and maybe about Verdant Skies, where can they find you on the internet? Well, you can find me at Twitter at Cortham. K-O-R-T-H-A-M. And I'm also on Twitter at Beth Korth, B-E-T-H-K-O-R-T-H. Perfect. No Twitter for Gabe yet? Not yet. Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a a Gmail account just so he can uh, log into stuff. That's for for us for the next couple of years. I'm looking forward to getting a bunch of fart joke tweets. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be sure to let you know first, Steven. Well, thank you both for returning to the program, and I expect to see you at least 
in uh, around our 300th episode, if not sooner. Sounds great. Thank you very much. It's always a pleasure. And that's our show. Check out our newly revamped website, nicegames.club, for show notes and links to resources on today's topics. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode and on our programming in general. Go to nicegames.club slash feedback and tell us what you think. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter at NiceGamesClub, where Dale tweets about game dev resources and the golden rule of game development. Or you can email us through contact at nicegames.club. Please, no fart jokes. Not yet. (laughs) Want to support the show? There are so many ways. Give us a review on your favorite podcast app. Tell your friends about your favorite episodes. Join us on Discord by visiting nicegames.club slash Discord. And now we're on Patreon. As a patron of the show, you'll enjoy bonus content, extra jokes, and more. Sign up at patreon.com slash nicegamesclub. So, until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice. I'm going to do the whole song now. (laughs) As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.